Good morning, everybody. Today we'll be going through 2 Timothy chapter 1. Verse 1, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, according to the promise of the life that is in Christ Jesus. I was struck by how Paul's self-understanding of his identity is so firmly rooted and established in what God wills him to be. It is not based on the will of man, not even his own. He is the apostle or the sent one of Christ Jesus. He is on mission for Jesus. He is the messenger. He is the ambassador. And the message that he is going to deliver is according to the promise of the life that is in Christ Jesus. That means it's according to the gospel, Jesus being the way and the truth and the life. So often we feel inadequate and insecure in ministry, especially when we see the gap of who we are and who we need to be. When we mess up and there's casualty because of our mistakes, we're tempted to shrink back or to throw in the towel. It is important at this point to go back to this fundamental truth that we're called by God to be his minister. It is not because we're awesome. It is not because of our competence. We're simply called by God to do his will. In verse 9, it says, It is God who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace. I think that really helps to deliver us from being boastful in our hearts when good things happen. And it also delivers us from being overly regretful and unable to move on when we mess up. Because the fact is we're fallen, broken, and sinful. We're not going to be these perfect ministers. And yet we don't have to be because God chose to use broken people, broken sinners like us to partake in his ministry. In verse 2 to 5, the language here really depicts a picture of Christian life that is filled with love and joy and genuine thick relationship in the midst of much suffering and hardship and persecution. We're not to do ministry alone. Just to highlight some of the words, it says, To Timothy, my beloved child, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father. Apostle Paul praying for Timothy constantly, night and day, remembering Timothy's tears when they had to part ways, and he longs to see Timothy again. And when they do, Apostle Paul will be filled with joy. There's a lineage of faith spanning three generations, Grandma the Lois, Mother Eunice, and now Timothy. And it is in this context, this rich relational world, that Apostle Paul exhorts Timothy to do what? In verse 6, it says, To fan into flame the gift of God. Verse 7, to not give in to fear, but exercise power, love, and self-control because of the spirit that is in him. Apostle Paul is asking Timothy to fight this spiritual battle, to not shrink back, to not be afraid, and to fan into flame this gift of God, testifying to who Jesus is and proclaiming the message of the gospel. Apostle Paul says, don't be afraid. You're not doing this alone. You are called by God. You're supported by much prayer, and you're and you come from a lineage of faithful people, and so you're not doing this on your own. And I think that gives a lot of strength, maybe for some of us who feels inadequate. We need to know that we're not doing this alone as well. Verse 8, it says, Do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me as prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. I think sharing the gospel will entail suffering. In some places and times, uh, it led to martyrdom. For Paul, it was his chains being imprisoned in addition to the physical suffering and eventually death. And he was also looked down upon. In our context of modern day America, our quote-unquote suffering perhaps is being made fun of or mocked and ridiculed at workplaces or school or be rejected by family and friends, maybe even just doing hard work and fighting sleep and fatigue to love and serve others. Maybe it's to take second best and let the world pass by. I think the crucial question is, why are we doing that? 
Verse 10, it says, Because we serve Jesus, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. That is why we do what we do. This is why we suffer for the gospel. This is why Apostle Paul suffered as he did, because Jesus indeed has risen from the dead. He has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light. If the gospel was not true, if Christ was not raised, if our hope is in this life alone, the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians that we are of all people to be pitied. I think that has to be really clear in our mind. We're not just suffering for suffering's sake. We're not suffering because that's the pious thing to do. We're suffering to love people, to serve people, to be bond servants because of the singular reason that Jesus has risen from the dead. Jesus has loved us, has suffered for us, and because of that, we do the same to follow him. I remember when I told my dad that Richard and I were quitting our jobs in San Diego to go full-time for church and to join the church plan. My dad, then the non-Christian, said most people are investing in their careers in their mid-30s. That's when it really takes off. But you guys are grinding it to a halt. I remember telling him that, Dad, I think I'm smarter than all of the people that you're thinking about because while they are investing in their earthly careers with their precious time and energy and resources of this one life, I am actually making a better investment because I'm investing in eternity and because I believe that Jesus indeed had abolished death and brought life to light through the gospel. Though he was not a Christian then, he understood. It made sense that if there is eternal life, then sharing in suffering for the gospel is worth it, even though no one likes to suffer. Who likes to suffer? But because of the gospel is true, it is worth joining in in the suffering for the gospel. Verse 12, it says, I know whom I have believed, and I'm convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. Verse 13, it says, follow the pattern of sound words. It is so easy to be tempted to avoid suffering, just to make life a little easier for ourselves, just to love a little less, to care a little less, to serve a little less. But to avoid suffering is to avoid loving people. We would not be following Jesus as he exemplified. So all the more we need to be vigilant to stay the course and follow the pattern that has been set forth before us, how we've been ministered to, how we've been loved, what we have seen and experienced, and really do the same to the next generation. So when Apostle Paul invites Timothy to share in suffering, it really is an invitation to share in loving people. It's an invitation to ministry. When we say yes, it will make us vulnerable and it will lead to suffering. But that is also the way to grow in our character, in our capacity. It expands our heart to love and embrace others. And it also enables us to know Christ more deeply because he is the one who totally suffered everything in order to love us. That's all. Have a good day.